What's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me today from the slightly better arcade up the street is my homie and partner in crime, Mr. Jem Elias. How you doing, sir? I'm doing very good, Fred. I feel like I've been pulled away from like um, a holiday because we weren't supposed to have a show tonight, but you know. <laughs> yes, but you were down. <laughs> but, but yeah, I always am. <laughs> so, it's two priorities. <laughs> Speaking of ex-girlfriends I've had, you're always down. Um... <laughs> oh, we're already starting but, on that tone already. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to take it there and then just run with it. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, well, welcome. Uh, how mm-hmm. you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It's, it's been, it's what, 48 hours? I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, we, we were not going to be live because I was supposed to have a special meeting. That meeting got canceled. Had nothing to do with the World Series, although it wouldn't surprise me if it did. Um, and, uh, and so I'm here. Uh, we are here. And so what we did was we shifted our Condemned Game Club, which I was pretty pleased with. I think mm. we did good job on that um and i also learned as a result of that that uh it's fucking hard to get a hold of um people in studio positions when they become one big cohesive whole so if you don't know monolith and warner brothers and all those studios have all merged into one and you have to do one press contact and basically, you know, they're like, oh, you'd like to talk about, you'd like to talk to someone at Monolith about video games. Okay, cool. Here we go. And they, uh, they, they look up your site and they're like, okay, I like your traffic. I like your numbers. Okay. You're justified to, to talk to our people. Okay, cool. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I want to talk to the lead director about Condemned. <laughs> oh. I bet mean, that went down well. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, we'll be in touch. We'll be in touch. I'll, I'll get back to you. Don't don't call me. I'll call you. Um, it was email form, of course. I'm paraphrasing, course. but still, yeah, that was kind of how it felt. Um, <laughs> but uh, welcome. Fortingard jumps in right off the bat and says, "Does the slightly better arcade smell like vape instead of regular smokes? And is there Street Fighter instead of Mongrel Game Mortal Kombat? Uh, no vaping." Um, they don't allow vaping, uh, and you can smoke out in front. Uh, but you will be happy to know, yes, um, the Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct machines are in the back corner for the Riff Raff, and the uh, Street Fighter uh, Two, Street Fighter Rainbow, and Super Street Fighter Two are prominently displayed in the front. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but uh, yes, and there's even an afterburner machine, as we mentioned last time. But uh, yes, today's show is about. Sega uh, Arcade Games. Sega. Yes, we are continuing <laughs> the Sega Arcade Games and talking about we left people hanging. I know, yeah. System 16 is the worst <laughs> time to leave people hanging. <laughs> the ultimate troll. So. Yeah, so sorry, guys, uh, but we're, we're getting there. We'll get there. We'll talk mm-hmm. a lot about System 16. In fact, I think it'll be a majority, possibly, of, of today's show. Um, 
maybe not. So would you need the sponsor first? But yes, yes, perfect. So our sponsor this week is the fantastic Horseplay Live, featuring um, good friends of the show, including Yogi or Yogi Zilla as he's on Twitter. Uh, and this show is um, 5 p.m. I, get, I keep getting these time zones wrong. I have to I confirm with TC, but it's 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, not G- GMT, uh, on Thursday nights on allgames.com. Um, and as I think we mentioned, but it wasn't featured on the show, Yogi is a big fan of Doctor Who as well. Yes, he is. <laughs> and I should give a shout out to Obi, his uh, co-star. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Oh, no, no, you're good. Uh, and uh, also, uh, the show that is at 5 p.m. is the previous week's show because they actually do their show on twitch.tv forward slash horseplay live uh, every Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's the other thing. So if you want to catch them there, there you go. I've also talked shit on the Perry system and Third Strike, and I have just declared war on the chat. <laughs> Without me, well, why not? Because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh... <laughs> It wouldn't be a show if we didn't already upset. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I think it's the first time I've seen Cy One and Fortingard agree on something in a while. <laughs> I'm kidding. We should I'm mention ki- on that note that, um, but of course we are live tonight, of course, and um, join us for the chat if you can. If you ever get a chance, you know, come on all games and uh, talk to where many of our colourful characters in the, in the chat live. It's yes, they do make up there. the show. In fact, the biggest reason I was talking to Jam about it, the biggest reason we wanted to still do this show, because we could have like not done it or streamed mm-hmm. you know, the Condemned episode or whatnot, was purely for you all. So thank you, everybody who comes out. Yeah. Um, we thank you every week, but we can't thank you enough. You are the reason we do this live, and it is fun to do live. But it's also stressful. You have to have your, your ducks in a row a little bit and think off the cuff, but it's so fucking worth it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, all right. Well, we do have some write-ins. Um, I should also point out we've got uh, Lost Treasures of Gaming is back. I did Adventure this week. Mm-hmm. I saw so that yeah. was a that was a late edition, but I find the Warren Robinette uh, Easter egg that mm-hmm. took fucking forever. Um, that is that is a hidden Easter egg. That is a Easter egg ass Easter egg, um, which he calls a signature. <laughs> so go check that out. Um, I just love the phrase. That's an Easter. That's an Easter egg. Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it really is. It's a, it's a, it's a hunt out. But uh, anyway, so. But we did get some write-ins. Uh, first of all, uh, Voss had been writing to me, and he he yeah. had no intention of this being part of the show. But we're gonna make it part of the show. We're gonna we're gonna open it up to everybody. So mm-hmm. we are gonna be doing a um, another uh, Resident Hill. Silent Evil, whatever we want to call it. <laughs> I want to forget what I've got uh, to so far. Yeah, I fucking... We'll, We're running we'll out of inventive names. <laughs> We're going to call it Homecoming. Anyway, um, <laughs> But uh, and coming up next is um, we're going to have to talk about it uh, and, and maybe we should talk to Voss about it. But the question is, do we do the Climax games, the Origins and Shattered Memories, or do we do Homecoming next? And nah, the other question is, uh, and then Resident Evil Four is hands down the uh, the other one. So, mm-hmm. um, I almost kind of want to push the uh, Homecoming one to the next episode because people tend to universally hate Homecoming, if I'm not correct. Well, yeah, that, that yeah, I, would, I would agree with that, but it's also because um, it's climax. It goes more in chronological order if we go to the climax games first, in terms of because the origins, although Chad Memories, I think, came after five, but. It just seems better suited to talk about those two games first in that order. Plus, there's um, because of because um, of Homecoming. I I can see Homecoming be quite a um, 
because uh, for anyone listening, me and Fred, obviously, we do obviously the game club, which this month um, after Condemned is going to be Tomb Raider. With our busy schedules, catching up on those games, I'm not sure Homecoming is one we want to do be doing right now on top of that. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing is it'll be fun to do Homecoming and Resident Evil 5, oh, right? Definitely. Uh, no one will tune in. It's it's going to be great. Um, oh, I think they will. Have we d- oh, I know. Have we done Zero? Do we do Resident Evil Zero? No, we haven't. Which we, we should do homecoming, but, but zero. that would be a perfect opportunity when because I think is it January they're releasing the HD yeah, version of that. Yeah. Okay, Voss. This is this is just because we fucked ourselves by being so interested in chronology. I think we got to do zero <laughs> and homecoming, and then we'll come back for the show people really want to listen to, which is we'll come back in a couple of months and do four and. Um, and uh, Shattered Memories Origins. So I think that's how we'll do it. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. Plus, I, I think Shattered Memories, I'd be really, really interested to, because uh, that game doesn't take long to get through. Now, I think there's a, some interesting discussion points about that game worth bringing up on the podcast. Yeah, I want to play Shattered Memories on the Wii, and I want to play Origins on the PSP, per your recommendation. Um, yeah. So, um, anyway, okay, so, well, that settles that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and Fortingard already saying what I already know people are going to say. So, <laughs> noted, yeah. buddy, but we've, we have to do it. <laughs> um, next up, Voss does write in and talks about late anecdotes for the Scared Stupid episode. So, mm-hmm. he goes, I know it's rather late, but I didn't bother sending in my stories of personally being scared by games because I figured I'd be in the live chat. Got delayed, blah, 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 so I'm sending it now, but I'll try to keep it brief. And just on a side note, no, absolutely. Uh, God, if we ask you to talk about something and people don't send it in or don't make the chat and want to write in, please do. Yeah. Contact GamingHistory101.com. Yeah. yeah, fuck it. If you're just sitting in bed at night and you're like, oh, my <laughs> God, like I – well, actually, I make it sound dirty. That'll that be fantastic. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> oh, man, I, I suddenly <laughs> realized that I shit myself because I thought about this scary game. Like, write that shit down. Send us oh, an email. Dear. Yeah, you, You've just started that. Yeah, now, I, know. I, know. I just <laughs> well, You asked for it. Uh, but uh, anyway, he goes on to say, uh, basically only five who, games who, scared. Who, what? I was about to say, well, who, who wrote in then? Oh, sorry. This is Voss. This is Voss yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, basically only five games scared me as a kid. Uh, most not even intended to be scary. And I think three of them are the reason I have a mild hydrophobia and do not swim to this day. Huh. huh. Learning more about boss. Uh, number one, and he's got, he's got them one, two, two, three, and four, which maybe it was one, two, three, four, and five, but I don't know. Maybe they're even. Yeah. I'm going to read them from top to bottom, even though we tend to go from bottom to top, but, but fuck it. Um, here we go. <laughs> number one, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. The re- the oh. Reeds in the castle town uh, with adult Link gave me nightmares. Uh, yeah, oh well, no! I was now are these the homeboys that are down in the graveyard, like in the pit? No, no, these are the um. You'll, you'll remember them if you you played through Avenue. In yes, when you first exit the Temple of Time and you go into like the Market Square, there's these kind of like these still stilted zombie like. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. they scream and they. For they some force- reason, I remember yeah. them being in a pit somewhere by the graveyard, mm. but maybe I'm wrong anyway i i think you i think if you go into some of the graves you know you can like push them and then go down to the little dungeons yes. and some of them are in there but they're okay. not like they're not openly out on the the top of the graveyard no um, i think all that's there is that fucking spirit and that weird yeah yeah anyway <laughs> but i i'm totally with um voss on this one i actually was going to mention this on the show but we've seen we we had so many other things to talk about um that these were generally actually quite jarring the first time you saw them <laughs> so yeah yeah even oh, on the no, n64 
the N64 of all things, a console that I thought would never scare me. The graphics <laughs> alone are just terrifying. Um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, uh, number two, uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors, otherwise yeah. known as Zombies in Europe. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, zombie, good old Zombies. <laughs> the, he says, the laughter of the evil Tommy dolls in the mall. Oh, oh I yeah. Wow. Yes, I could see that. I could see that getting under your skin. And the Jason knockoffs in the hedge maze oh, level. God. Or even better, we have to talk about the localization there where they have axes, not chainsaws in the European version. Oh, really? Is it <laughs> yeah. because you guys don't have chainsaws in Europe? We do have them in Europe. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, yeah, well, yeah, but I, I don't know what, what the reason to changing that was because, yeah, because what's, what's more scary, a chainsaw or an axe? They're both freaking threatening. <laughs> it's just like whoever's carrying them. Yeah, I'm going to give it to the chainsaw, though. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to. Uh, playing Splatterhouse recently reminded me of that, which is probably why I wasn't scared of the Jasons uh, hmm. because of Splatterhouse, so. Splatterhouse, thank you yeah. for completely desensitizing me. <laughs> uh, next up, he says, Sonic. Sonic drown me- drowning music is yep. terrifying. We cov- <laughs> covered that, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, he then goes on to say, Mario 64. Oh. Under the, and I know where this is coming. Okay. Under the sunken ship, no matter how soothing that music is intended to be, because I closely associate it with drowning, uh, uh, it ir- uh, irrationally puts me on edge, even now. I get that. The whole, like, uh, you know how it's supposed to be, like, once you get into the ship past the eel, you know, you get that kind of... Oh, wait, no, you don't know because you haven't played this game because you don't have a soul. I've played it. I've got... <laughs> what? I thought you haven't played through Mario, or have I have, you I've got, I've, I've, That's a complete misconception. I've, I've now, since since that happened, that was ages okay. ago, I've brought oh, on the Wii sorry. Virtual Console and the N64 to shut people up <laughs> and pay for it. <laughs> I always... Um, Oh, Simon Belmont. Yes, we are live. We are yeah. live. We are live. Uh, thank you for joining us. Yes, I know we we are our messaging is totally fucked. <laughs> I tried to put it everywhere I could. I put it on the G plus. I put it on the tweet, Twitter, and I put it on the Facebook. But it's hard to catch that stuff when it goes live. So sorry if you missed it. Um, Fortinguard says the chainsaws would be useless after one person gets off because the chainsaw is not meant to go through anything with the density with that density of flesh. It's a chainsaw, belts and motors, bruh. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> oh God, are we gonna start going to this sort of like um, yeah, let's do that fucked up thing like that. <laughs> that, that uh, what was it for like a couple months? Giant Bomb kept bringing up cannibalism and and how it would actually work in the real world. <laughs> anyway, um, but yes, I know what he's talking about. It's just that it's it's kind of serene, but yeah. it's also kind of like lonely ship underwater. <laughs> like, I hope you can breathe. Um, the other one that's kind of creepy is, do you remember the uh, water level with the uh, puddle jumpers in Mario? It's like the maze where you change the level of water. Yeah. It yeah. has that kind of echoey, like, like that one's always seemed, I wouldn't say creepy, but like odd. And of course, Banjo-Kazooie, Snacker the shark in the water levels. He was always uh. relentless, faster than me, and seemed unkillable. No thanks. Also, Grunty. Yes, I was terrified of an Elphaba knockoff who <laughs> speaks in rhyme. I think I might, it might be related to how she would mutilate Tootie if you got a game over. Shudder. <laughs> yeah, that was that was actually I, I agree yeah. with him there. That was quite disturbing. That if yeah. you if you quit the game, if you said yep. oh, you, if you said you're done for the day and then you quit, it's been like it reminded me of the old PC games with like Duke Nukem and Do where they used to ridicule you for quitting. <laughs> so you'd said, see, Why are you you'd see Hagger blowing on the bomb and all of a sudden, <laughs> or I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people don't. In Ninja Gaiden, the arcade game, mm-hmm. uh, if you allow the time to run out. 
a saw blade drops on Ryu Hayabusa and cuts <laughs> oh, him up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you see it, but it's definitely like mm. it's getting closer and closer to him as the timer goes down. It's pretty fucked up. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, Games are cruel. <laughs> I know, right? Um, oh, Clue Drew is talking about, uh, I remember the Castletown moment. I remember walking out and wondering, oh, I wonder how the town has changed. And then you see zombies. Yes, that's oh. the uh, <laughs> definitely the ocarina of time. So anyway, thank you, Voss, for writing in. Uh, I totally get those. Snacker the Shark is one of those things. He didn't scare me, but he is tense. He's a tense uh, fight. Um, and he comes in a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fucking. Anyway, next up, the man with good taste has written in, Mr. Andrew, mm-hmm. regarding spooky games. He says, hope I will not be too late this time. No, you're good. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's late, and we remembered them, so everything worked as it should. <laughs> anyway, I never played a true horror game aside from Alice Madness Returns, which is a part action platformer. Original Silent Hills are still on my two playlist, which will continue to bring me shame until I buy and play them. Watching Let's Plays does not count. Totally agree. However, I was scared by games a few times. The first and the scariest case for me would be going through the sewers in Ratchet and Clank 3. Now, see, I've never played Ratchet and Clank 3, but I do own it. Uh, like many other games that I are on all of our walls of shame. But anyway, yep. <laughs> not only is it a closed space. Have you played this, Jim? Ratchet three, uh, I haven't got three, but I've played like the is three going commando or size oh, that or up your arsenal. No, size would be one of the two. Up your arsenal, yeah, love that. Um, yeah, I just love the title. Size <laughs> matters is the PSP one. Anyway, um, it, it, in Europe though, it's just Ratchet Clank three because apparently, apparently that's when um, sexual invaders. If they're not direct enough, we don't like them. <laughs> oh, so it's got to be like Ratchet and Crank. <laughs> Crank three, Ratchet and Clank three. I have a big fucking dick. Yeah, that would make it. Much. That would uh, Peggy fifteen. Send it out. Um, <laughs> anyway, not only is it a closed space, a labyrinth that you can easily get lost in if not for the map, but it has tons of slime monsters which all respawn if you die. Oh, oh, that just that makes me cry yeah. right there. He says some of the pipes you can only access with gravity boots, which means you will forget where the ground is as you stand as you stand upside down and the music is some of the creepiest that was ever put in a video game listen for yourself okay so jam you're not going to get to hear this uh neither will the live chatters but and there you go here it is for everybody else though what's going on you know it's somewhat reminiscent of it it's very tense and it's very if you hear it once you hear it you'll be like oh okay but Anyway, it's very tense, and it, it fits somewhere between the... Think about the water levels in um, Donkey Kong Country, mm-hmm. but mixed with just that eerie tenseness. Maybe even a hybrid between the minecart levels and the water levels. Like, think of a, like a, a creepy hybrid of that. Maybe even a little of the the chemical or the machinery plant from the first uh, Crash Bandicoot mixed in. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going for deep cuts. So anyway, uh, he says, as a wee lad, I refused to explore the sewers completely on my first try and always dreaded going in there. Hell, I still am. <laughs> wow. Okay. He makes me want to play this now. Anyway. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> the second case of getting spooked would be Alice Madness Returns. Now this I get. 
Mm-hmm. And instead of listing out the specific moments, I would just say, play it for yourself. It's a game that proves that you don't have to be realistic to be scary. I think it's long enough for an email. Guess here's a good place to stop. Stay safe, stay, uh, but stay scared. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And yes, Alice Madness Returns uh, is a great game. Yeah, I'll play that. Yeah. We should also point out that if you buy that on any platform right now, Xbox mm-hmm. 360, PlayStation 3, or uh, Origin, if you mm-hmm. must play it on Origin, it might <laughs> even be on Steam, um, you do get the downloadable content of the original Alice now with, key, with uh, con- uh, joypad controls integrated yeah. into it. Uh, and not very well, but it works. Um, yeah, it's, as, it's a, a, it's as a free download. Yeah, as a free download. It came as a pre order bonus, then they sold it for 10 bucks, and now it's a free download. But you do need to have Madness Returns because my understanding is it uses the engine or something. Mm -hmm. So either way. It runs through the, you have to get it through the in game menu. So yeah. But anyway, Ratchet (laughs) Ratchet and Clank 4 pork cranking at the slut walk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what is the song? Can we look it up? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, it is the sewers level, um, and you know what? Actually, tell you what, I will put it in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the best thing to do. Yep. If you want to find it, it's at ratchet-galaxy.com. Look up Aquatos Sewers, A-Q-U-A-T-O-S, Sewers, and you will find it. Anyway, thank you very much, both of you, for your write-ins. <clears throat> also, this just in, it literally got sent to me while I'm talking to you guys. Uh, not that I thought we wouldn't be, but we just got approved to be added to Google Play Music. So there Ooh. you go. Um, you'll be notified when your podcast is available for play through Google Play Music. Again, I always recommend, after a rant Jeff Gersman made on the most recent Bombcast, <laughs> that you go to your favorite podcast provider. In my case, it's... Uh, who do I use now? I used to use Podbean, but they fucked me over. <laughs> I now use Beyond Pod on Android and manually type in our RSS feed, which, if you don't know, it's www.gaminghistory101.podbean.com forward slash feed. That gets the most up to date. But of course, you can use Google Play, Stitcher, and Apple, aka iTunes. But that updating is at the mercy of those services. So. Even if you use those services, just manually add the feed instead of subscribing or, or subscribing instead of going through the services proper and searching for it. But it's good to know. Glad we made it. Yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Other than that, I think that's about it. If you missed mm-hmm. it on the Game Club or you didn't want to listen to the Condemned Game Club because either you haven't played it or whatnot, it's fine. A couple of quick announcements. From now on... Um, I keep getting feedback of please put commentary on your non-commentary videos and please remove the commentary from your commentary videos. (laughs) Fuck you all. I'm going (laughs) to do both. I will now be uploading the commentary videos. Um, I think I'm going to go back to calling them long plays. I sometimes call them let's plays, but I'm going to call it a long play. Um, So we're going to do a long play. Uh, it will have commentary, but an annotation will show up right at the beginning, and it'll also be in the description for the video. Click here if you want to have the no commentary version and just watch it without my boisterous blabbermouth going off all hours of the night. Um, 
both versions will be there only the version with commentary will be listed though so the other one will be unlisted um that's the smartest way to do it so you don't have dupes uh also um our game club is jam tomb raider yes in multiple versions we should say there's various various versions of the original um well when i say the original you can either play the uh, playstation one version the saturn version or the pc version right. or we are also covering anniversary as well which is the obviously the update one and that is literally released on everything <laughs> so yes just throwing it off what do we have we have psp ps2 we we um 360 i think yep 360 i think you have uh, to have legend though and buy it as dlc on 360 no it was released as standalone at least no over here fucking it was. shit all right cool. yeah, yeah yeah all right um it might uh, not be in america but oh well you can look it up um oh and then pc of course for anniversary course. as well um so yeah you can i think it's even on playstation now not that that's a service I recommend or anything. I don't know why people use it, but uh, it's funny. People are always like, I want backwards compatibility on PS4. I'm like, PlayStation Now? They're like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the best, that's the best response. <laughs> it's the most appropriate. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so anyway. Uh, but uh, and they want to have a special guest wrong. as well yeah. for that show. But not yes, like yes. Just yet, we just do case. have a special guest plan for that if he'll have us. But he voiced interest, so we'll we'll go on with that. Um, Jam is playing through the regular version, and I finished. Excellent. <laughs> um, but you had some words of wisdom for those that are going to chance this. Yeah, play play the PC version, and that's a, that's that that means a lot coming from someone that's not a big PC gamer. But I, for a game like Tomb Raider, the original, which probably can run on most things these days. Um, the PC version is definitely the way to go um, for the main reason of um, you can save anywhere in the game. Whereas the um, it's, this is the only criticism I'll reveal at this stage of the game before, because obviously I'd, I want to save the conversation when we actually talk about the game. But the problem with the original PlayStation version and the Saturn version is they have um, set save points. And um, it's one of those games where... Yeah, I get it. That's what it was like back then. But it this oh dear, it, it wasn't fun back then, and it's not particularly fun now. You know, some of the sort of checkpoint, the, the games, these save points, it can take you ages and ages, and it's so frustrating. Whereas having, especially, I know Fred's the same, but being a promiscuous saver, um, a game like Tomb Raider is almost essential. <laughs> so if you have to save when you can or when you want to. And the PC version is unfortunately the only version that does that. Oh, I just get to mention there is an iOS version, but I've heard avoid that uh, like the plague. Oh, yes, <laughs> there is also an Engage version. I don't yeah. know if I recommend that version either, but you can. Also, in the chat, I have put up the link, but if you go to www.play-old-pc-games.com, there is a, uh, a thing on how to get Tomb Raider working on modern consoles. And uh, it, again, you can play it on, GOG has a fully patched, ready-to-go version. And I think that may also be the one that's on Steam. It is available on Steam. But if not, um, this does have all the tweaks, all the things you have to download to get it going. They have redone the audio, redone the full motion video. And it even has how to configure your controller in XPatter to work with it which is fantastic mm -hmm. so um and it has basic troubleshooting so if you want to play that way cool um i did tell jam that i was going to do a retro game night uh maybe even this weekend of um the saturn, saturn version just to run through fantastic. it real quick yeah i'm just going to do a couple of hours you know nothing nothing to write home about but uh just in case people want to see it so um 
And Simon Belmont's pointing this out. The original Tomb Raider was developed for the yep. Saturn. I believe it was right. going to be an exclusive at one point. Mm. You are correct. Also, if you want to read up a little bit on Tomb Raider, uh, we did an episode. This predates Jam being a full-timer, but it's called, it's pronounced Lara. Yeah, it's a um, great title. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, and that's that's on the on Gaming History 101. I don't know the feed might be big enough now that it's not in the hundred episodes of the feed, but uh, it's totally available there. Um, and yes, it was supposed to be a Saturn exclusive, um, and apparently uh, the Saturn might look better. Maybe I'll do a side by side comparison mm. for shits and grins, but maybe I won't. Uh, you'll have to wait and see. Mm, anyway, exactly. so you can watch for that. So all right. With that, let's talk about Sega, Sega. System 16. <laughs> anyway, okay, so if you don't recall, uh, we just recently left off with, um, trying to think of the timing and periods on this. I think we last talked about, hold on, hold on, here we go. Mm-hmm. Weren't we talking about, uh, I forget the name of the system. We had better Sega notes S- last System 16? No, we were talking about the uh, it was the the late '80s ones. Yes, the X boards and stuff that did Afterburner, Thunderblade, Last Survivor. That's where we left off. Mm-hmm. Was in the late '80s with the X boards. Well, um, then we move into probably one of Sega's biggest ones, and and definitely the the blood, sweat, and tears of the Mega Driver Genesis, um, <laughs> which is the Sega System 16. Uh-huh. First premiering in 1986 with a little game you might know, Jam, called Alex Kidd, uh, The Lost Stars. Oh, yes. I do. I, yeah, I do remember this game. Now, um, did you play it on arcades? I haven't played it on arcades. I played it on MAME. Um, uh-huh. I, I, okay. But it's, um, it is a very, actually, it's, it's, anyone has, Alex Kidd was basically, he was supposed to be the, um, the Sonic, well, basically, basically the, the real mascot for Sega, but for some reason he just never got the love that he deserved. I think he was very suited Sega's to Japan, Mario. but um, especially with how his games are designed. But um, Lost Stars is an interesting arcade game. Have you, have you played it, Fred? I have not. No. Uh, so basically, um, it's a, it's a side-scrolling kind of platform arcade game, but unlike other um, Alex Kidd games, this um, game is two-player. Um, you two-player has two-player co-op if you want to on the same arcade cabinet, so two cool. people can jump in and play this game. It's um, it's an, what what kind of it is is you're kind of going from you're literally starting from uh, one end and you're going to the right, um, but the game is very very restricted you can only really avoid enemies to start with you can't you can't even punch anyone that's used to um used to the master system game the original knows that you can have his big you know, big boxing glove <laughs> just, just sort of slamming to sort of like bricks and everything and then the enemies but you can't do that yet you have to kind of collect the power-ups you go along and they're only temporary and the power-ups will feed they'll be like jump higher be faster or have what's called a shot where you like shoot a little kind of mini beam out it's mm-hmm. a fun little game, but it is hard as balls in terms of it's the <laughs> like like with like with the the Master System game. I'm talking about the the first one, um, Alex Kidd in Miracle World, yes. um, where one hit dead basically. It's it's it, it's cruel. It's a very very cruel game in terms of that. There's it, it will throw various sort of um, you know basically various enemies of various speeds a lot of it is like it's very timing based um and sega was quite notorious for this sort of design with these sort of games where um a game that i guess we might get to this later is um, obviously monster layer 3 um mm-hmm. which is on the wonder boy game it has that kind of you can feel those kind of 
similar elements in that game where you know one hit dead and just the game just goes so fast you don't have time to keep up with it at times it's just so quick um, wow really it, well yeah but it's um but in 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 fairness um unlike Monster Slayer 3 that was ported consoles this never was ported consoles this only exists in arcade form um one thing i kind of like about lost stars though is it feels like it kind of cameos other sega games like the levels seem to be designed which this is actually quite a staple for Alex Kidd. Obviously, Alex Kidd on the Masterism had a game called Alex Kidd in Shinobi World, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> so he does regularly yes. cameo in other things. But Lost Stars, in in the background, mm. like one of the levels feels quite um, similar to a game we might talk about in a bit called Quartet. So it feels it's like they're kind of he's like visiting various places in the Sega universe. Um, and basically, well, yeah, I he think, was supposed to transcend, right? Of course, <laughs> that was that was his mistake. Mario, man, Mario stayed in his world. Mario was like, "Now nah, y'all bitches come over here." Until later, and then they were like, "Okay, mm. we're gonna hoe you out. Go play with Sonic." But, but no, nobody, but nobody I don't loved that. Want to, <laughs> I don't want to play with the hedgehog. Oh shit! Anyway, um, but uh, <laughs> all right. Well, real quick, um, let's talk a little bit about the hardware because I I've have seen. a hard on for the hardware. <laughs> um, yeah, you can run with that. Uh, so yeah, this is obviously called the System 16 because it is uh, an early 16-bit arcade system board. Mm-hmm. Um, notable one because in order to prevent piracy, it does have an encryption system. So MAME people bumped into a lot of fucking problems with that early on. But um, anyway, um, <clears throat> it does use a main CPU of a Hitachi FD1094 chip, otherwise known as the Motorola 68000 at 10 megahertz. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then it has a main cpu uh sorry mcu machine instructions uh which is an intel i8751 at 8 megahertz uh for 8-bit instructions sound is handled by a nec upd780c1 or a z80 chip at 4 megahertz um we've seen this time and time again the sound machine uh, Central unit is um, an Intel i8048 at 6 megahertz. Um, and then there is, of course, the Yamaha YM2151 synthesis chip, which sounds so much better on the System 16 boards than it does in the Genesis for some reason. I'm not quite sure why. Maybe it's the size of the ROM. Do you think that might have a lot to do with it now that I think about it? You know what I mean? Like the Genesis mm. was capable of better, but the cartridges weren't capable of handling the information, like holding all that information. Just to chime in quickly, yeah. Simon, was, uh, just a quick correction from earlier. Um, oh, sorry. Lost, lost, Alex Lost Stars was released on the Master System. Um, Simon Melbourne was correcting me in the chat. And I was, yeah, he's absolutely right. I, I, it's one of those games that I just, because it, it just, again, it, it just feels so different looking at it from the console version to the arcade version because of how colorful it is and everything. But he's totally right. It was released on consoles. <laughs> okay. Hey, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. It's, it was released on Master System, right? Yep. The yeah. best console ever. Hello, Flashcart. <laughs> you know, for the record, I do have a decent collection. We've talked about it on the show before, but I have a yeah. decent collection of Master System games. Uh, someday I'm going to sit down and actually play the fucking console, and that would be <laughs> That would awesome. be a good idea. <laughs> anyway, um, GPU chipset. So get this. It has... This is where... This GPU is probably another reason why the Genesis fell behind. But basically, it uh, has, um, that's a lot of stuff I don't want to get into explaining. So here we go. Performance runs a 12.6 megahertz Sprite line buffer render clock. 
and a 6.3 megahertz sprite line buffer scan erase pixel clock um it's just basically kind of refresh rates and whatnot um memory runs 16 kilobits plus a 2 kilobit system 16a ram chip or sorry yes ram which is like nothing nowadays, but you know that was huge back then. It does display in 320 by 224 or 342 by 262, both horizontal, and 224 by 320 and 262 by 342, which is just the reverse of that. Vertical, all in 24p progressive scan, uh, was capable of 98,304 colors, which I believe is nearly twice that of the Genesis um, or Mega Drive. Mm. It was capable of 4,096 unique colors on screen at once uh, and up to 6144 if you add shadows and highlights. Um, It had one sprite layer, one text layer, and two tile layers, which is where you can get kind of, you know, like you can have text in front. You got the sprite layer, which is what you're actually working with. And then you'll have your tile layers, your front row and your back row, which could do row and column scrolling or parallax scrolling, which is where you start getting, you know, like an altered beast where you've got stuff kind of in front of your main character. You've got stuff going behind it, but he's on this like third plane that's kind of in between them. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, Simon Belmont says everyone should have a hard on for system 16. If you play any of the Sega classic games on 3ds, like galaxy force two, you realize the 3d is more effective than many polygonal games truly mm-hmm. ahead of its time. I will agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, and just wrapping up the, the, um, the hardware, uh, sprite capabilities. It did, it did have dual line buffers. It could do, uh, so dual buffering. So basically it could run two different, um, graphical, you know, uh, renders at the same time. 128 on-screen sprites. That is a fuck ton of sprites. Um, For comparison, the Nintendo Entertainment System was capable of, I believe... I know the Atari was capable of two, unless you wanted to do blinking. I think Nintendo was four. And the Mega Drive, man. Fucking baller with eight. (laughs) You know? So in comparison, 128's a lot. 800 sprite pixels uh, per Mm -hmm. scan line. 100 sprites per scan line. 16 colors per sprite. Um... Uh, with a 8 to 256 width and height. So that's just the square that makes up the sprites. Um, it did get an upgrade in 1986 to the six, System 16B specs. Those are pretty much the same. The Z80 processor got bounced up. It's a little faster to 5 uh, megahertz. The GPU sip, uh, chipset went a little farther, and uh, it did start allowing for sprite scaling mode seven for those of you who just can't wrap your head around it um real oh sorry (laughs) i said sega style mode seven sega style yes exactly um real quick uh this uh system 16 is kind of the core base of the motorola 68000 cpu zilog z80 coprocessor that you'll find in most of the 90s and then obviously the backbone of the sega mega drive or genesis home console so this is a really strong thing and again if you've ever played games like um castlevania um on oh what is the what is the castlevania ps1 game that's got the old sanio 68000 uh game not symphony chronicles chronicles yes yeah as the original castlevania that was only released in japan that's sixty-eight thousand chip by itself um again i think the size of the program is what's really holding back the mo- uh, the genesis because it's, it's basically running a five-year-old macintosh chip in it um mm. it's pretty impressive plus a mega uh, plus a master system chip 
you know, working side by side. So it's a strong piece of hardware. And as, if you've ever seen, as Simon Belmont's indicating, if you've ever seen the, the System 16 arcade games, they're fantastic. Um, but uh, <clears throat> also Capcom and SNK would clone these later. Uh, Capcom using it as the basis for the CPS-1 and CPS-2 boards, i.e. your Final Fight, Street Fighter, etc. boards, and all of your wonderful brawlers. Um, and then SNK's Neo Geo, uh, you know, the MVS hardware. So, um, you know, I mean, it's a, it's an important, uh, step, uh, for things like that. Uh, seven Belmont says the sprite sca uh, scaling capabilities on the system 16 is more advanced than mode seven, which came later. Yes, I totally agree. And we already see like hints of this. We talked about this last show with afterburner and hang on where things kind of sprite, you know, like stretch and scale, but they kind of like re-render. Uh, it's actually scaling. They scale properly, whereas Mode 7 doesn't really scale. It just allows you to rotate and blow them up, but the chips become big, chunky sprites. You can do that on a much more smooth level with the way that sprite scaling works on System 16. Um, and I think the best way to talk about it is just to talk about the games. What do you think, Jam? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's see here. 1986 gives way to Alex Kidd, The Lost Stars. Um, just looking over the other 1986 games of the time. Personal favorite of mine, Fantasy Zone. Mm -hmm. Now, Jim, did you play Fantasy Zone? Yeah, I, I have this on the um, Mars system, this one. Now, did the original Ma uh, Fantasy Zone hit on the... Yes, actually, it, it wasn't yeah. this. It came out first on the Master System and then got ported to arcades. Ooh, that's weird. I believe that is the case. Let me double check this. Least, yeah, I'm wrong. As yeah, so I am. Comes out the okay yeah, first, so yeah. it fucking, maybe it was Fantasy Zone 2. But either way. There's also Fantasy Zone Labyrinth as well. There's a third one. That... Uh, yeah, we don't talk about Labyrinth. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, no, yes. <laughs> um, but yes, I really love Fantasy Zone. Yeah. Um, one of the first examples of the cue them up. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> I love it, yeah. Or the come up. Uh, mm -hmm. I actually did a Cutem Up uh, article called The History of the Cutem Up, if you ever want to look that up, um, or The Anatomy of the Cutem Up, I think it is. Um, and uh, you know what, uh, Jam, there is some controversy as to whether Opa Opa was also yeah. supposed to be the intended first mascot of Sega. As we see now in Sonic All-Stars Racing, they're both equally beloved in Sega's eyes. Sega loves all its children equally. It just more popular in Japan though. What? <laughs> more popular in Japan though than either in the West. Most definitely, and and let's face it, Sega likes to prostitute out Sonic. Everybody else, it <laughs> kind of protects their their hymen. But anyway, <laughs> it's a very cool arcade game in that it endlessly scrolls. You're you're basically in a circle, but you don't <laughs> realize it, and. Uh, yeah, so like if you pass an enemy you know and you keep going to the right you'll eventually pass him again <laughs> um and it definitely makes the use of um uh not anything like parallax scrolling it's not an independent scroll or anything like that but it definitely scrolls the screen to the right very fluidly uh something we're really you know up to this point in arcades not too common to see um and again this was a big nintendo thing at the time so but um and Simon Belmont does pull out even so point out pull out does point out even Sonic came out to arcades first in Rad Mobile. Yeah, he's the little, he's the little air uh, freshener. 
But Talk about Fantasy Zone 2, I believe that never came to arcades. I think Fantasy Zone was the only version that came to arcades. So. Okay, that's cool. It is part of the... I know somebody's going to freak out if I don't mention it. It is part of the Sega Ages collection on the PS2. It did get a Sega Ages version on the Saturn as well. I think they both have both the arcade and the um, the other versions. It did come out on the NES, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. It was a Tengen joint. Uh, Sunsoft programmed it, though. A few of these games... Well, there's a few other games from Sega that also came out on the NES, like sort of Altered Beast as well, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Which we we'll talk about it, but... Uh, anyway. <laughs> That's the best way for it. <laughs> it does have a solid port on the TurboGrafx-16. It did yeah. come to the West. It is in the... Uh, it, it is on the... Um, uh, the PC engine as well, but if you want to get it on TurboGrafx-16, it's there. You don't need English, though. Uh, it's also got a shout-out, uh, flat-out in its name, to um, Space Harrier. Because mm-hmm. in Space Harrier, when you start off, it says, Welcome to the Fantasy Zone. So apparently, while Space Harrier's running around down below, Opa Opa's up in the air fucking shit up, like, on a pretty regular basis. So, um, so Jim, you have you played this quite a bit? Fantasy Zone. Yes. Yeah, Fantasy Zone is a fantastic game. I think it's it feels very unique even today with its kind of design. Where it's one of those. I mean, would you would you call this a shmup? Because it's it's very it's not as oh, quite as fast paced and scrolly. Because you have a lot more control over your ship, really. Um, in a way, it's, like, it's yeah. You, it is one of the few games where you are in control of the pacing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it gets some comparisons to Twin B. I don't think those are appropriate aside from mm-hmm. there might be yeah. bells in this game. If there are bells in it, it's incidental. It's got like coins and stuff in it. Yes, uh, yes. And I remember that because you beat up the big bosses and they explode in lunch money. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, I the pacing is very good, but it does still get frantic. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not denying that. Absolutely, but there are eight levels, and man, you you think you got this until about level uh, four or five, Mm -hmm. and uh, the bosses get pretty rough right at the beginning. But uh, I think the third boss was pretty rough for me. But um, much like uh, uh, Wonder Boy and Monster World, right? Mm -hmm. No, Monster World. Monster Lair. Monster Lair. Fuck. What's the one we played before that's on the Mega Drive, not the one that I recently played on Cron CD? Uh, Monster, Monster World is on the Mega Drive. Okay, that's uh, the one. That's the Mega yeah. Drive game. There's Monster World 4, obviously. Yeah, but the Japan Big only. Mushroom is what I'm yeah. talking about. The Big Mushroom is, is yeah, very World. difficult compared to the other enemies you see in Monster World up to that mm-hmm. point. Uh, I felt the same way about the bosses. Um, but yeah, it was, it's very good. It's very bright and beautiful, although... Um, no, no, this cute as for you. It's hard. <laughs> so. yeah, no kidding. Um, well, we said cute them up, so right there, you know, you're screwed. And the the master system does an okay job with this one. I think um, it's a fairly solid port. Really, it's not bad. It, it is. Uh, it is. The PC engine does it better. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say, but oh, that makes oh, sense. Yeah, yeah. It's a stronger piece of stronger hardware. console. But. Um, and uh, but you know what? I think the master system does it better than the than the NES does. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, apparently, it's also on the 3DS, and I'm better. I was about to say yeah, both, both games are on the 3DS. Remake. Yeah. Okay. Which I might purchase so. actually, just for the hell of it, because I really enjoyed uh, Streets of Rage 2 actually on the 3DS. <laughs> so. There you go. Oh, and we should of course add that it's in the Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection, uh, of like all of them. But uh, I yes, think only the arcade versions on there. That's the um... yes. 
Yes, whereas with the Ages collection, I think you get three versions yeah, plus them, the yeah. sequels. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, um, there are better versions, but yeah. Uh, f- and I have done a write-up on Fantasy Zone. If you're curious to see like a full uh, review, that also has a lot of retrospective points. Uh, I need mm-hmm. to get back to doing that. Instead of just reviewing a game, give a lot of historical context. It just takes so long to write those articles. But I'll do it for you. Um, well, we, we, really need to, you, we really need to do another Shmup Appreciation Month because I think we missed that this year. <laughs> so, March, yes. We so. definitely missed Shmup Appreciation Month. Um, so... We'll get prepped for that for March, especially because I found out. I think I want to do bootleg shmups. Bootleg there is, shmups oh yes, God. there is a ridiculous. <laughs> there is a ridiculous PC Engine CD uh, scene mm. for bootleg shmups, and of course, Dreamcast has a, a decent number Dude, of them. Dreamcast has tons of them, as yeah. does Neo Geo. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll start planning that soon, mm-hmm. Jam. Once the new year hits. You know, I'll wake up with a hangover, and uh, yep. and on on January first, we'll start planning that out. Um, anyway, let's see here, eighty six, um, and I don't know if you have the list up here, Jam. I don't see anything yep. too much that I'm aware of. I mean, Body Slam it doesn't ring any bells. Uh, action Fighter. I'm trying to think of what Action Fighter is. Action Fighter is that um, this very misleading oh, yeah. title game where it's like a it's a it's car a game. Racing game. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> is this yeah. not what you think it is? <laughs> But, you know, it has these cool Tiger Heli levels, actually, mm. um, that uh, people say resi- remind them of Xevious. I think it reminds me of Tiger Heli, personally. Um, so this is the shit you don't get when you go and trust a fucking uh, thing like... Uh, um, when you go trust something like uh, Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway... Uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot. It's worth pointing out that most of the games we're talking about were ports to the Master System. Even the Action Fighter, I have that on the Master System, and that has once again some of the best box art ever, <laughs> which is even more misleading <laughs> than the title. It's like a magnifying glass of like a car and everything. You think, yeah, perfect. this looks awesome. It's not. This is not a racing game at all. Oh, it is a racing game. Um. <laughs> <laughs> But I think the next significant game is hands down 1987. We get Shinobi. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, game near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, this arcade is fantastic. Yes, the arcade version is fantastic. You seem to find the Master System version okay, though. Yeah, I, I don't mind the Master System version. Again, it's uh, it's kind of how I feel about a lot of these Master System versions. They're all serviceable ports. It's because I have a lot of nostalgia for the Master System, I guess. But it's yeah, they they aren't they aren't as good as the arcade versions, which I think I should really be promoting more because this is an arcade show, not a Master System show. <laughs> That's fair. So, but um, but the it, it does a decent job, really. But it, it's it lacks the because I think the biggest difference is the um arcade version obviously has those bonus levels you know where you throw the shurikens and stuff yes and this uh, is where those that scrolling and scaling that uh, yeah. simon belmont's talking about is fantastic where uh in one level ninjas are you're throwing shurikens at ninjas mm-hmm. and in one level they're they're jumping towards you uh across like tables and then another level they're jumping down from off of a building mm-hmm. um and they're very cool levels so um I really dig those, but also the the massive amount of colors. This is a bright and beautiful game, yeah, especially for yeah. what it is. Um, and so I, I really dug it. Shinobi is a very cool arcade game. And again, I did a extra credit on the Shinobi series, so you're welcome to, to listen to that. But um, 
the one but thing I liked a... about this original um, Shinobi is this is the only time that um, the main protagonist in, in Shinobi, I keep forgetting his name, um, is he looks like a real kind of person. He doesn't look like a nin like a crazy ninja. <laughs> yeah, he's got his face. He does on the cover. Um, yeah, he does. Yeah. They do but, do on the well, even on the main screen, the title screen. It's like he's, he's got like a yeah. red face and everything, and he's all ninjaed out. Um, but it's um, I don't know. I, I just like the look of the sprites in this game compared to how they went with the series on, for future installments. The future installments, it's he's just like uber ninja style. He gets more and more ninja. Yeah. yeah. Well, now, he looks more like a kind of like a padawan, I guess, in this sort of ways, but which made what bit more sense considering one hit kills him. <laughs> so. It's true. Uh, although it's a little harder on the arcade, in my opinion. Um, oh, the home versions, yeah. he's very easy to kill. I also should point out before somebody shakes my head off at the shoulders his name's joe joe musashi is the joe name Musashi's of uh standard name yeah fuck yeah also american um, ninja joe joe is a ninja not afraid to use guns in this game <laughs> which is no no joe doesn't fuck around yeah, joe knows uh <laughs> you'll do whatever it takes to save those hostages so. yeah exactly um so uh but uh but yeah yeah shinobi's very cool looks awesome and no matter how close place uh, uh consoles get even the pc engine version T turbografx 16 um there's no substitution for the arcade it no. really is something special um so anyway definitely recommend people check that out um another one of note did you know there's a sega version of uh, tetris that comes out on the no. system 16 Huh. Yes. Now I've done an extra credit about this too, about the rights management of uh, of of Sega and or of Tetris with Nintendo and whatnot. Um, but uh, basically, um, the way that they kind of got excuse me permission to do this, it's 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 very roundabout. But um, but let me see here real quick. Um, it, it, it basically seems like the arcade version was specifically given by the Soviet Union to uh, Sega. Mm -hmm. But I think it was... Uh, I think it was that they allowed it in Japan only and only for arcade games. But for a short while, Tetris was totally like a a japanese product but then nintendo somehow pulled the rug out from under everybody and figured out a version that they could retroactively turn into like the ultimate license rights so um real quick before we just jump back real quick he says simon belmont says shinobi is a curiosity the Marilyn monroe poster was removed from the wii mm -hmm. virtual console and xbox live well, versions yeah. but can be found in the sonic's ultimate genesis collection mm-hmm the original arcade Spider-Man red and blue colors were also changed. Yes, there is an enemy in the original that uh, looks like Spider-Man, and they changed that. I actually go... I can't remember it off the top of my head right now, like the, the rights permissions on that, but I do explain it in that extra credit. So if people are curious as to all of the licensing stuff, in addition to Shinobi's Revenge, which is an, a whole nother licensing that nightmare hilarious, we've talked about. Yeah. Um, but yes, I do discuss the Marilyn Monroe poster and the versions and what's there and, and all that and why, why those were removed. So, But um, anyway, uh, next up, the, the first one that comes to mind is uh, 1988's Monster Lair. Monster Lair. Ooh, Monster Lair. <laughs> 
Now, uh, and by the way, we're doing 16A, then we'll go into 16B, which is why we might jump back to uh, 1987 for a minute. But uh, anyway, Monster Layer was the last system, system 16A uh, mm-hmm. developed game. And I've just recently become uh, associated with it, but uh, it's it, I'm smitten. This is Wonder Boy uh, 3, Monster Layer, yeah? You got it. Mm-hmm. What are you your thoughts, Jam? Like I love this game. I think it's fantastic. Um, me and my partner, we actually played the. Uh, we I boosted up the game on Main um, and played it co-op oh, yes. with her the other day because because um, I've never played because the, the arcade version actually features I think sort of four extra levels that are not in the console versions. Uh, it's ridiculous. They long. are in the PC Engine CD version. Are they? Oh god, they're hard. <laughs> I don't know if in Cron CD I even showed up. Like that thing is almost arcade perfect. But again, they had the CD platform to fit all the levels on there. The the game is so much fun though. I mean, it's um, it's it's like you said on your when you when you discussed it on Cron CD. It's like a vertical sort of uh, platforming shmup. Um, but it's very sort of fast paced and just, you know, um, the weapons are fun and, you know, fun to use. And it's just, it It just blends a shmup and wonder boy together, like classic wonder boy together. And like, Mm -hmm. that's something I never knew existed, but would have always wanted. Yeah, absolutely. And even if you have it, because if, in whichever point you choose, uh, this game is fantastic. I've, I've got it on the Mega Drive. Um, that I, that's the version, like that was never released in the U S I was only released in Europe and Japan. Um, yes, we should also point out that PC Engine CD version of Monster Layer is on the Virtual Console. I don't remember if the arcade is. Hmm. I think it's just the PC Engine CD version, but it's there. Mm-hmm. You can get it. Uh, sorry, the TurboGrafx CD version. Like, there's an American English version. Not that it fucking matters. There's almost no, no, no English in the game, but but still, like, uh, yeah, it's it's there, and it's it's a it's a gorgeous game too. Yeah, it's very colorful. I, yeah. I love it. It it grabs that aesthetic, that adventure. Uh, sorry, sorry. I grew up with Adventure Island, um, <laughs> which is wrong. Wonder Boy was the original license, mm-hmm. but uh, anyway, it, it grabs that aesthetic perfectly. So, um, all right. So we go to System Sixteen B <laughs> in 1987 with none other than Alien Syndrome. Mr. Jam, how do you feel about Alien Syndrome? Are you a fan of Alien Syndrome? Alien Syndrome is okay. I think it's (laughs) it's a game that um, I want to say something nice about it, but yes, it's hard to say something nice about it now. The controls are a bit dated now because this is a game that really needed twin stick controls, but it didn't. Yes, it was. um, You 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 controlled with the with the stick and then you shot with the button and it just doesn't quite it's a bit too clunky like that it doesn't have it hasn't aged well like that i like i have a bit of nostalgia for this game because of it clearly takes inspiration from alien <laughs> it's, right. from, it's quite clear from the actual box art on the master system that's the case but um <laughs> but the but this yeah this this game is um is is it's a tough one um it's basically lots and lots of enemies on screen usually kind of like worm like creatures although to a credit, this game does feature those parallax sort of graphics that you say you can see like the pipes uh, scrolling differently from the the plane that you're actually standing on. So that's kind of cool. Yep. So it has that on it. That, that's obviously not featured on the Master System version. Um, pretty straightforward concept. The Master System version gets stripped down a lot. It does, uh, the gameplay yeah. doesn't, but the graphics do. The, this game takes a very strong visual hit on the Master System. It's probably it, just because of what it's doing. Yeah. 
pretty yeah. straightforward concept for this game. It's basically actually Sega did a lot of concepts of this, where you know save all the hostages. Even Shinobi did this. You know, go save all the hostages on screen, and then you can exit the level. <laughs> that sort of stuff. Yes, yes, I do like that. Uh, which is counter to you know kind of the closest comparison to this, which is Smash TV. A couple years off, um, I think Smash TV is eighty nine, but. Um, mm. That obviously was better. No, actually, let me take that <laughs> back. Smash TV. Wait, yeah, okay, 89. Yeah, for some reason I was thinking 99. Uh, no, Smash TV, I think 90. So it's three years off. But yeah. still, Alien Syndrome started it. It was yeah. the first one. Yet again, Sega's the pioneer. Somebody does it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, it does have two player, though. It does. it does. It's an okay game. It doesn't hold up too well nowadays, especially because smash tv came out mm -hmm. you know um but anyway um then there's also um here we go oh uh sonic boom sonic are boom. you familiar with sonic boom is this sega sonic i don't know uh let me see uh no oh, i hold believe on. it's just called sonic boom it no would, i'm not this one then it was in um it only really got moved to microcomputers so it's on the amiga the amstrad things like that, that but otherwise <laughs> arcade only um but it's a uh vertical shmup that's kind of got a top gun aesthetic oh, no, but it, yeah i know this yeah i don't know why because you said sonic i assume sega sonic obviously oh sorry yeah. sorry sorry yeah. <laughs> easy to get confused <laughs> <laughs> But it, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it'll later get probably, well, it was the next upgrade from Captain Skyhawk, basically. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Sonic Boom was, was fun. I do like vertical shmups a lot, but it was, it was a change of pace with a Top Gun feel, uh, from like the 1940s series, 1942, 1943, 19XX, you know, things like that. Um. It's kind of throwaway, but it's a really fun, vertical, uh, beautiful game. Uh, mm -hmm. It goes over land and water and stuff like that. Uh, I, I think it, it really shows off, um, again, just this the, the gorgeous aesthetic that makes up a System 16 game. It's just another show-off piece, at least to me. Mm -hmm. um, Cousin says, I think there's a song called Sonic Boom about the Blue Hedgehog. Oh, <laughs> yes, there yep. is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's on some episode of uh, one of the Sonic episodes. But, um, but uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, all right. Let's see here. Well, let's let's talk about the uh, elephant in the room. Let's talk about Juoki or Altered Beast 1988. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the most, yeah, in my opinion, one of the most notable Sega arcade games, especially... Absolutely. This just really defines the System 16 platform. I would argue that Shinobi is a better example of what System 16 could do. Mm -hmm. And maybe even Monster Lair. And we're going to get to a little game called Golden Axe later. But um, but Altered Beast is definitely the most notable to me. Is it just because he turns into a fucking werewolf in the first level? Well, there's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's like you said on Cron CD where I, I'm like you. I have a soft spot for Altered Beast. I know it's not great today, and people will keep saying, oh, it's nice, it's overrated. And it, a lot of um, sort of other major gaming journalists have kind of shunned, shunned, shunned this series. Well, with right, rightfully so if you include later games. But, <laughs> but, but, but this, ori this original one does have a lot of charm for it. It has the speech bits at the beginning, which took up a lot of memory back there, and just having talking on your game. Rise from your grave. grave. And yes. 
yeah, the transformations were just all. Awesome. I, I, lo- I just love. Uh, yeah, Fortingard says big buff men, no women yeah. in sight. I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, and fursuit transformations. It is. Uh, I I can't help but think this game is has some latent homosexuality. <laughs> well, what's what I, what I always loved about this game? You know, spoilers for sort of the, the ending of it. It's not really a spoiler, but the Sega had this kind of fun thing with their arcade games where if you finished it, they kind of did this joke at the end. And they just certainly did it with Altered Beast, where like all of the enemies took their clothes off, like it was all actors. It's all just a yes, like a big it's show. a big play. Yes, I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, and it, this was like one of those games that did that. And I always found that really charming because they did that with Golden Axe Fuck, as well. I forget. To, I forgot to capture. I beat the game and then I was just like, "Yep, I'm done." I forgot to do that. Yes, that is the best part. Um, but uh, yeah, and and again, if you want to see some examples of this, I compare a lot of the versions on Cron CD. But uh, still, uh, the there is no denying. Um, the gorgeous Sega 16 nature and you ready for a fun little, uh, a fun little, uh, what would I say? Um, little fun fact based off a of cron CD. Yep. All of those captures are in 720p except for the arcade one, uh-huh. which because I was running MAME captured in 480p and it Ooh. looks so much better <laughs> than the yeah. other versions. Is that fantastic? Or what? I don't know, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, Dean Plague's already said that Ultra Beast is a 30-minute auto-scrolling game. It doesn't hold up. <laughs> <laughs> and Cousin goes, it only lasts 30 minutes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what oh, she said. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so not even that long on the Mega Drive where it's very easy. It's uh, They made the difficulty way too high on the PC Engine, way too low on the Mega Drive, and somewhat just right on the arcade and the PC Engine CD. Although the PC Engine CD has a ton of fucking problems too. Like it won't run natively on any PC Engine CD game uh, player unless you've got uh, the System 1.0 card. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, the arcade's still probably the best version. The <laughs> Mega Drive Genesis version is a little sparse. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of characters coming on the screen at once. But uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I think the speed run is like 22 minutes. Like you can I think it's less than that as well. You can burn through that game. Basically yeah. as long as you get all three albino wolves. Yeah. You will beat that game and then really make good use of your timing on the bosses. There's very little room for speed running. Uh it's a fast game. But it's good. Well, it's even faster with two people, I believe as well. Uh-huh, uh, that's what she said. But uh, if, but, uh... <laughs> if you if you're really if you're really fast, though, Fred, the um, the current world record um, for Altered Beast in the speedrunning archive is six minutes and thirty nine seconds. <laughs> so. the fucker cheated somehow. <laughs> he cheated. Um, and uh, something Belmont does bring it up. Um, Genesis port of Altered Beast is the only one that has parallax scrolling. That's true. The uh, mm. arcade version doesn't even have parallax scrolling, which is why. And I kind of talked about this on Cron CD. Uh, the the Mega Drive version, even though it doesn't look as good visually, um, is seen as an enhanced port of the uh, arcade version. So, um, but uh, how long to beat says forty five minutes, and the median is hour and 50 uh as the average i don't see how i I don't know (laughs) i have no idea how you can spend two hours trying to beat altered beast so um but just a gem of a game um and it's it it hands down was the the pack-in with the mega drive genesis which might also have added to its its pop cultureness um i don't know i always associated this game with sega yeah absolutely um so um 
this is um like just put it out there for people where you know this is a fun game too if you've got a friend around and you just want to play something fun and silly Alter beast is always a game that we i we pull out in this in this house oh you pull now. out huh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. always put, pull out an altered nail, beast you know, it's, it's very... in it. <laughs> by the way also i don't know if you saw but in the uh, pc engine cd version the dragon has this weird kick animation oh yeah in um yes in on pc engine cd only whereas on the other ones, when he does his lightning, he just sits still. But he gets this weird kick animation on uh, the PC Engine CD. It's pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, the best thing to do, Jam, is, yeah, you invite over a same-sex partner. Um, <laughs> not a partner, sorry, a buddy. And then start playing the game. And and definitely it works better if you've got, like, beers or, like, yep. you know, you smoke weed first. Not that I condone that, <laughs> but, you know. And then every time you power up, Scoot a little closer to that person. <laughs> Simon was just brought up a great idea for a future podcast. So we've done one on long games. Oh yeah, uh, made an episode on long games. Make one on short games. Yes, we should totally do that. Writing it down. See this notepad's coming in. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear his pen clicking already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. I write. I write everything down on this. It's it's helped me a lot. Um, noted, Simon Belmont. Thank you. Uh, but. Uh, all right, so beyond up. Altered Beast, um, do you want to talk about Dynamite Dukes? I never really had much of a connection with this game. <laughs> or, AKA Dynamite Ducks. Um, oh, is that the, how it works? That's how it's supposed to pronounce it, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is like a well. The, the, well, I guess I guess one thing to say about it is the arcade version is far superior to the Master System version. It's a um, like a side-scrolling kind of beat 'em up, kind of cartoony beat 'em up. It's got some quirkiness to it. You play a duck, you've got massive fists, you go around punching sort of fellow cartoon-like characters, but you pick up some funny... You pick up a freaking bazooka in this game, which is... Hell yeah. Kick-Ass taught me that everybody, even the people who are about to die, can be badass if they casually walk up and pick up a bazooka before it happens. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) And then then it follows up by, he gets a bazooka and then a water pistol. Okay. So, yeah, Yeah. this is the... (laughs) Maybe it's filled with piss or something. We don't know. <laughs> but quirky game is is a is is um, definitely far superior because the Master System only has the one player feature only. There's no two player, despite what the box art looks like. It sort of seems to imply that you can play with two people, whereas the arcade version does have um, two player um, co-op at the same time. Uh, but not really a game that's particularly well remembered these days. But. I agree. Um, similarly, mm-hmm. eSWAT. Oh god, eSWAT! Oh. I feel like people constantly tell me I'm supposed to appreciate Cyber Police eSWAT, and I don't get it. I, I don't know. It's, okay, it's a RoboCop ripoff. I get that, but beyond that, I I don't get it. Why is this game supposed to be good? <laughs> it's it's one of those because I don't I don't have a huge connection. I'm like you. I don't have a huge connection to eSWAT. I didn't play it back in the day. I actually only okay, played cool. it. Okay, um, cool. On the on the ultimate Mega Drive collection, whatever. Why um, is this here? It, it does come across the you know if I was if I you know Robo yeah RoboCop and if I was into that this would be the perfect game to go for because it looks you know I I this game is so hard especially some of those boss fights. Maybe that's it. Um... <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. I just remember one of them being it's just you know you're just a man on I'm um, trying to fight a tank. Yeah, because you know right. like you do. <laughs> um, yeah, so. 
All right, well, let's move on from eSports because I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it if we don't like. Sorry for any eSports fans out there. Which <laughs> yeah, right in. Yeah, you'll get your day in the sun. Um, next one that comes to mind is uh, Golden Axe, nineteen eighty nine. Oh yeah, huge, massive. Oh man, bum 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 bum. No, that's not beast. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, we wait. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna screw it up. But meow. Anyway, the point is, Golden Axe is a hack and slash. Um, thanks to Makoto. If you thought the male eroticism wasn't that, it wasn't too much in Altered Beast. Just play as the lead character in Golden Axe. Well, but there are three lead characters. There's a midget who looks like Link with a big beard. Um. The dwarf with the axe. There is the fighter, of course, who is right off of, yeah, any fantasy novel you've ever seen. But you know what? These all come off of that one fantasy novel because, yeah, there's the big buff warrior who's wearing Spanx. Um, looks kind of like He-Man. Conan ripoff, yeah. And then there's the girl, and she's wearing like a thong little thing. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, metal breastplates, if you'll call it that. I just call it like the uh, pop cap boobs. Um, and she's got a sword too, I think. Wasn't this one of the early games in America, Fred, that had the um, winners don't take drugs thing at the front? Or am I wrong Ooh, about that? Maybe it did. Uh, <laughs> Just, I, yeah, winners I, don't I, use I drugs. Don't <laughs> winners use drugs. No, um, I think this predates the D.A.R.E. program slightly, but maybe... I just remember reading that fact somewhere. I could be wrong. 89 uh, sounds about right for it. Actually, I think I remember seeing it on Final Fight. We should point out this comes out about the same time as Final Fight. I do remember the the, the interesting sort of changes on um, Golden Axe is that the, the dwarf actually has a Golden Axe rather than the standard does. Axe. He does. Now, he doesn't have a Golden Axe on the home console versions, no. I don't believe. But he does in the arcades. Mm-hmm. Yes. Gilius Thunderhead. Oh, I love that name. The names are great. Okay, so he's at the the male with the blue trunks is Axe Battler. Yep. Gilius Thunderhead is the uh, dwarf with the golden axe. Um, and Tyrus Flare is the Amazon woman. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, they also each have magical abilities. Axe Battler. Um, oh, what was his? Uh, I remember his wind and stuff. Wind, there yeah. we go. Because Gilius is definitely lightning and mm-hmm. Tyrus is uh, fire. And hers is the best one because when you yep. level hers up all the dragon. way, that big dragon comes and <laughs> breathes fire. All of- That was in every demo. Every yeah. fucking demo. Uh, I remember on the, every on the Genesis TV does control. Yeah, every Genesis does commercial had that in there. Um, this is also a game that condones the beating of small children with bags of candy. <laughs> yeah, that right. Uh, I have no idea why. Uh, yeah, they took your shit, but still. Um, Gilius Thundercock. I think that's a different movie <laughs> or game. I'm not featuring uh, the bootleg Sega porn games this episode. But <laughs> right. Uh, Simon Belmont says Golden Axe and Rostan. Conan the Barbarian without copyrights. Hell yeah, it is. Um, she has a sword. Progressive? <laughs> or she has a sword? progressive <laughs> but uh oh yeah I, golden axe looked great played yeah, great was it, fantastic yeah. you even rode shit do you remember that oh yeah there's yeah, those no, little the, bird the, guys the, that would trip the, people and then you could dragons. eventually get the dragons yeah mm. the little baby dragons 
The, the bosses deck. were crazy in this. They're like, yeah, the fat guys with the hammers and the that's oh come on, that's even worse than altered beast. That's that was just nuts. <laughs> well, and it did suffer the same problems that Final Fight did, right? It was like, oh, here's a big guy with a hammer. Can you handle two big guys with hammers? Like How about four big guys with hammers? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just looking at a screenshot of this now. It's like, the, the, this is the most erotic sort of S&M outfit for a dude you could possibly come up with. So. Oh, I don't know if I would go that far. Uh, there's got to be a more it's erotic got a S&M. porno moustache. It's just... Who has a porno moustache? Oh, the... Uh, I talked about the first boss in the first level. You know, like, oh. They don't, they're not, yeah. not the main characters. They, they, it's not those, those, you know, those big fat characters at the end of the yes, first Yes, I forget what they're called, but yes. The hammer people well, it's, it's just like they've got this big the hammer like, would you call them the hammer brothers no um <laughs> but uh uh but yes yes definitely um great game long eight stages and there are some cool games do you remember um or cool levels yeah. do you remember one of the levels you're on the back of an eagle yes of course yeah and you, you yeah. don't find it out till like the end and it's kind of it's kind of like this nice surprise yeah i think that's the stage five Mm-hmm. is all of a sudden you get to the head of the eagle and you're like holy shit i've been riding on an eagle that's badass um but uh anyway oh nope actually i could be wrong about that i think the eagle level was added because the genesis mega drive version does have 11 levels versus the uh eight well, levels i think the the game in the arcade version ends earlier than the Mega Drive one. The Mega Drive one goes saying, further yes. into the castle. Yes, uh, and has uh, different lead-ups. Yes. Nice battle. Um, Death Adder, sorry. Yeah, he's the main bad guy. Yeah, Def- mm. Death Adder. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Okay, I got your answer. Mm-hmm. The game goes from stage five to... Um, okay, Yes goes stage five and then stage six half of stage six is the end of um the arcade version and then stages six seven and eight um go on because in stage six on the arcade you fight death adder whereas you just fight two or three of those big hammer guys in the genesis mega drive version and then you go on and eventually you fight death adder in his throne room where he is called death bringer instead of death adder mm-hmm. and he's like ridiculously hard <laughs> uh-huh so but uh yeah um oh fortinguard says jam please look at the design of simon belmont in castlevania judgment then come back and talk to me about homoerotic design <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic maybe that'll uh, be another show idea i'm just <laughs> right um <laughs> Sparky Kestrel is also talking about the Amstrad version running at oh, 8 that, megahertz. Oh, that, that, that had great music. We, we did. Yeah, but apparently it's slow as hell. It's so slow when as... they launch their magic, the animation is endless. Uh, it's, well, kind of, yeah, I'll give them that. But it's it's not terrible. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's, um, it, 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 it doesn't, it, well, from what I remember, it doesn't, because I had it on the Amstrad of all things. <laughs> um, but we, we, that was the first uh, version of Goldmax I ever played. And we played it co-op as well, me and my brother. Um yeah, it is. It is ridiculously slow. It is very clunky, um, but but I don't know. It's one of those things. It's, it's nostalgia, you know. You have you you like you know, you have you have it. You have a it has a special place to me. <laughs> and again, much like Golden Axe or much like Altered Beast, Golden Axe is synonymous with the Genesis and then Sega as yeah. a whole. Of I course. remember this bowling alley by my house 
where I hated bowling so much. So we would go bowling, my family and my sisters and all that stuff. We do bumper bowling. See, I hated bumper bowling because it, I felt like it, it made me, you know, like weak and stupid. But then when I would do gutter bowling, I'd always hit the gutter. I've, I've since gotten over that now, but as a kid, that was always the problem. So what we do is we'd go. And of course I was the video game kid. So we'd go and instead of paying the five or six bucks to, have me bowl my dad would just get me 20 quarters hand them to me and send me up there and i would play golden axe all fu- and and altered beast all fucking day yeah um nice beating them over and over again <laughs> because they're so short but uh but yeah this was if if altered beast came with your console your first purchase was golden axe oh absolutely yeah so as i remember as well this is back in the early days where th- this was quite mind-blowing to be able to play this in a console with two people yeah, at the same time. I know Altered yes. Beast had it too. But. Yes. Did Altered Beast have two people? Yeah, yep. I guess you could yep. play Altered Beast. I want to make a drive, you could, yep. You, yeah, I didn't think about it for PC Engine because obviously one controller port, but hey. Also, um, the other thing I remember about Golden Axe is that, do you remember when you, kill, when you killed the characters, their, their dead bodies actually stayed there. <laughs> that was quite so... They were they just like it went all grey. I just I just remember yeah, and they go yeah. Oh, the scream. <laughs> Whereas on the Mega Drive, it was like, and then they'd blink a little bit and disappear. Yeah. Because <laughs> they couldn't keep the sprites on the screen. But, um, And I think in the Sega CD version or the Mega CD version, they give you the arcade sounds with the Genesis graphics, which is an even yeah. better hybrid. I'll find out when I play that. Uh, but uh, play Like I have it, but when I play it again. Um, but yeah, that was that was a big one. That was a big one. So. Um, Next then. Uh, next up, like, I don't know a lot of these, uh, a, a lot of these games. Are you familiar with Tough Turf? No, that, okay. that, 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 that sound. we should play this and I'll tell you why it's a Sega and Sunsoft Ooh. working together to make a golden ax style, um, like the warriors game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That sounds yeah. Good. Yeah. So like, yeah, or like or like a, a double dragon. Maybe I'm trying too hard. Imagine Sunsoft and Sega getting together to make double dragon. Uh yeah. We should For some reason when you said tough tough turf, I was thinking it was a golf game. <laughs> I don't know why. So. Yeah. Well it's turf, yeah. I yeah. Get that. Um the only other one of note is definitely cotton. Now are you familiar with cotton? Uh, no. This is a shmup thing. Okay, Cotton is a... <laughs> yeah, it's a classic shmup. Um, and I think Cotton's most known because it, it saw a lot more popularity in Japan, although it did get an arcade release here. Um, the original Cotton is arcade only, and almost no one's played it. I, I think I booted it up in MAME once. Um, and it's it's pretty good. This, this particular game is pretty good. It came out in 91, so it's very bright and beautiful and kind of really pushes uh, the Sega 16 to its edge. There's scrolling in it. Uh, like, there's parallax scrolling, and then there's uh, sprites coming at the screen. And you play as, like, a witch who's shooting magic. Um, and that's uh, not to be mistaken for Magical Drop. This is Cotton. But Cotton tends to remain... It's very prominent in Japan. Like, it's very mm. common. It was on a lot of consoles. But it was on a lot of consoles that were kind of Japanese exclusive or focused on Japanese. So, like, Cotton 2 is only on the PC Engine CD and only in Japan. And Cotton got, like, a Wonder Swan port and things <laughs> like that. So, uh, that's probably why you don't know it. It's a fun horizontal shmup. Um and so it's just significant that uh, what becomes a very prominent uh, console franchise starts life as a as a uh, horizontal shmup on 
on the uh, on the system 16 so I think that's the only reason I bring it up because I've got a special place for it but mm -hmm. uh, anyway I'm just checking back in with chat okay people are talking about stuff Bimmy and Jimmy I love it um, but uh, anyway uh, I don't know if you have a list up but any other seg uh, sorry uh, system 16 games you can think of the only one that's worth pointing out for me is the game that I've mentioned already which is Quartet um, okay. I brought this up on the previous podcast already. This is a in the arcades. This is a four-player sort of side-scrolling shooting game um, that was mm -hmm. ported to the Master System. And actually, anyone that remembers back in the previous episode, I actually brought this game for the Master System because I didn't know there was a Master System port. Because <laughs> nice. I have a lot of nostalgia for this game because I played this in arcades as well back in the day. This was like the um, I remember this game just being in a bar of all places in a bar that would let. Um, would we would which they allow children to go into um and it was just in the corner I mean, you my crazy europeans uh, yep. <laughs> so, yep yep that happened um, and me and my brother played this game to death and it, it was a ton of fun it's not when you if you look at it now it's not the most amazing game all you have to do is you collect the key there's constant waves of enemies coming at you and you're just um shooting and trying to just get to the exit basically with this key but if you like die there's this whole thing that the your partner's got to go and collect the key and then take it to the exit so it's kind of like passing the buck almost feature to it but i just it, it's quirky it's kind of it's, the graphics are very cute as well <laughs> for what they are it, it does feel quite reminiscent of sort of the alex kids kind of era uh, which we mentioned briefly earlier um you can have four players at the same time uh, the arcade mm -hmm. machine we had the third the one of the, the fourth player was broken so you can actually only have three players but <laughs> you know um <laughs> That's just the way it was. Like any arcade was. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I always remember anytime you'd find an X-Men machine, yeah. uh, it was always um, fucking Wolverine that didn't work. One of his buttons would never work. And uh, Simpsons Bart would always not work or have a button missing. And on Turtles, it could vary depending on your arcade. But it was usually Michelangelo as the fan favorite or Donatello because he was the best yeah turtle for the arcade game but anyway. this is the same as those as well where the the control panels were mapped to the specific player so you couldn't select the player it was that you had to choose the 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 area of the control pad you wanted to play on nice okay yeah. um but uh well, very okay. cool but yeah this was this is, this is a little bit earlier i think this is 86 this game so it's going back a little bit but it was a sega 16 16 game cool um Okay, and then, so that kind of wraps up the Sega 16, kind of. Kind of. We're about to talk <laughs> about the System 18, um, which I think is where we'll probably end up the night, but we'll see. System 18 is kind of an adapted version of System 16, but we get before we get into that, we need to talk a little bit about the Y board. Now, these are all the different types of, you know, arcades that we've been talking about, and the Y board is the final step uh, in the series that was the scalar series. So this was the big scale and rotate series that was like Space Harrier, Outrun, you know, Hang On, Afterburner. This is like the final one. Um, I'm looking real quick for the Y series. I want to just make sure that the Y didn't change the board too much. Um, doesn't look like they reinvent the wheel much at all. Uh, this uses the very popular 68,000 um with z80 uh chip hybrid um the one thing of note though is i'm looking at this right here it says three times so it had three synchronous 68,000 chips working together 
fuck. <laughs> it had That's almost a great for it. Sorry, yeah. It had almost an entire meg of RAM, uh, which is pretty impressive. Uh, half of that to VRAM, so over 500 kilobytes. Um, and uh, it ran at 60 frames a second, which is pretty specific, pretty impressive. Mm. Um, it could handle 512 by 512 resolution on sprites. That's pretty impressive. Um, and uh, let's see here. Uh, for the most part, though, the layering and everything, it's three layers and all that stuff, much like System 16B. It basically was a System 16 in terms of graphical prowess, aside from the fact that it uh, handled sprites. Also, real quick, um, Simon Belmont's helping me out a little bit. Oh, what about X-Board, Sparky Kestrel asks. We covered X-Board last episode. So it's nothing personal. We just have already covered um, We covered it last episode. It was the end of last episode. So if you, uh, the last Sega Ages one. So that's why. That's why we're going into the Y-Board. But real quick, Simon Belmont's talking about the um, cotton. Actually, I'm mistaken. PC Engine CD actually got a port of the arcade game cotton so there we go so i guess i'll be seeing that in cron cd again i made the spreadsheet but when you break it all down it's like 600 pc engine cd games so it's going to be a lot um and then it did get a jap a japan only arcade perfect port called um cotton original so there you go so yes yeah, sparky sorry but i promise we appreciated it uh back uh in the previous episode but yeah so sega Wideboard is a bear of a uh hardware the problem is I just don't know many of these games. The first one was mentioned, and Jam, you tell me if you've played it. I know it, but I've not played it, is the very impressive, from what people tell me, Galaxy Force. Yeah, yeah this is one that's on the um, the Wii, uh, not the Wii, I'll play the 3DS, um, 3D collection. It is on the 3DS, yes. Ooh. I've not played it, but I can tell you Derek swears by it. I haven't played it either, which I feel really bad about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's one of those ones that I, clear, I really should, though. Um, yeah, our homework is Galaxy yep. Force. We're going <laughs> to probably say this about most of these games because there's also um, uh, Power Drift, which is a racing game um, that comes from uh, Yu Suzuki, and it's very indicative. It's AM2, of course, um, and it's very indicative of the next step. It was the car step from outrun and hang on so uh but it's a 12 person driving game that was ported all over the place are you familiar with power drift no nope. this one's <laughs> right under was my it a radar cab i'm guessing as well it was a stand up with a stand wheel up. though yeah ah. uh there's g-lock air battle which is am2's version of Ooh. um are you familiar with this one this is am2's yeah. version of afterburner basically yeah um, so talk about G Lock. Uh, the the it has a very cute um, arcade cabinet. <laughs> so, I've got to see the picture of the. Can you put it in the chat for me? I uh, shall. And Derek, if you want to say anything about Power Drifter Galaxy Force, please help us because um, we. Oh, we I've got it already. Yep. To loss, but, oh boy, uh, that is an adorable cabinet. <laughs> you like that? You like that little thing? Right? <laughs> so cute. You put your dog in it. Um, but yeah. Uh, G G Lock, I'm a bit familiar with. Um, that they did do ports to the consoles as well for G Lock. G Lock is very similar to Afterburner, in the, but the only difference is that you don't see the. You're, it's it's more cockpit style where you're in the in the in the ship. 
as opposed to seeing it from the from like what in the third person like with Archburner. Um uh-huh. It's uh, it's not really much to say about it though because it, it is just one of those kind of um, you know Top Gun style shooters. You know, you're it's it's constantly scrolling in the kind of first person perspective, and you know uh, enemies are shooting at you. You can shoot you you got you either avoid their missiles. I think you can actually shoot the missiles out of the sky. I think I believe. Um, this this got this this was very popular on the of all things Fred the Game Gear <laughs> when it was ported. Because <laughs> I remember of course, everyone, because everyone of course it, it was. I think it was like a pack-in <laughs> game for most people. They got their Game Gear in Europe. <laughs> it certainly was for us anyway. But when we when we got the Game Gear, um, but the obviously yeah, well like, like with the arcade games, the arcade game yeah, it, it looks it looks it looks good. But it, I don't think it's sort of as impressive Afterburner. I think Afterburner really is the one that most people remember. Yes, and actually, um, uh, G-Lock is afterburner on steroids, Derek H. says. Uh, Costin's asking if Landstalker was covered in a previous episode. I think Landstalker is Mega Drive only, isn't it? Yeah, it's Mega Drive. I, be- I believe so. Um, yeah, so. We really have in a lot of detail, Landstalker. Yeah, so, um, again, I don't want to, I want to stick to the arcade stuff, yeah. but we will cover it at some point. Um, yeah, absolutely. But uh, Sparky Kestrel says, I remember the first time I saw the game in a bowling alley. Uh, it was bought in and brought in and installed while I was there one day. So they were looking at it for about 30 seconds before I was putting in my money into play. I instantly fell in love with the game. Power Drift is what he's referring to. So, um, Yeah, yeah. I was about, I was about, you, already, you, already, you already talked about it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, really good port of it on the Saturn, according to Cy1. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but uh, and it looks like Psy One has been out of the thing because his his uh, his software that helps him listen to the show fucked up on him. So I'm sorry he's missed most of this episode. But I promise to have it live tomorrow morning for you. So there you go. Um, but um, and then the last of the Sega Y games is an Afterburner. I was about to say, it was an Afterburner 3. <laughs> so, yeah. How did you know? How did you know Afterburner 3? <laughs> I just had a, I just Called Strike Fighter when it first came out. Well, that, but, that is uh, a sexy title. So, yes, yeah. uh, when it came out in the arcades, it was called Strike Fighter. And then they decided to call it Afterburner 3 because it was the same team and everything. And uh, there you go. So can you... I don't get Afterburner 3. I don't find it particularly fun. Um... I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> well, what's um? You gonna defend it? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't gonna defend it. It's very answer. different, right? They, uh, it's it's kind of like, I don't know. You, I don't feel like your plane can move around as well. Um, you start off in the cockpit mode. Um, I don't know. It's it's not as good with the locking on. I don't know. There was just the way the planes fly in. They kind of come at you front on instead of you them coming like cro- crossing from behind you and stuff. And again, it's probably a scaling issue. But I just I don't know. I didn't, yeah. I didn't like this. The, the graphics are. It's it's funny because this felt like was it the game Virtual Racer, the one that was trying to sort of show off the whole like pseudo 3d graphics virtual racing uh, which we'll get to yeah, yeah. but uh, uh, virtual racing that's what this felt like to me is the yeah I, it's I an don't, early precursor 
I, I, I personally, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think this game's amazing personally either. I'm not, I'm not really massively didn't like it. with it. Yeah, it, the the little opening's kind of cool when you know you, you see the 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 wheels clamp up going up into your ship and you take off and then it goes into the cockpit. It does look kind of the first time you do it and then you play it. And it's just like oh, this isn't as fun as often. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. It actually, it actually, I know, I know, I know, I know Derek, Derek really likes G-Lock, and I, I like G-Lock a lot, but this feels more G-Lock to me than the Afterburner games. But that's, I'm not trying to say that as a bad thing. I'm just, I'm, G-Lock's a fun game, but this just feels a bit slower, really, compared to sort of what what, what you're used to. Did you hear that, Derek? G-Lock yeah, I shit, I, according to <laughs> um, I'm Sorry game. you like it. Uh, <laughs> 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 Yeah, I, like I said, uh, I just oh, Afterburner three cool. seemed like a misstep. I remember getting it on the Sega CD and being yeah. so happy uh, that I that an Afterburner game came out and hating it so much. But I did not play it in arcades. But they were going for more so. graphical flair here rather than a sort of a yeah. Fun it does look great in arcades. Yeah. I should point that out. So, um, but uh, but all right. Um, I still talk about Power Drifter in the chat. <laughs> yes, I see. It's we, we, fucking... we, should, we need to play this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Power Drift, man. Oh. Like, you fuck up the Yu Suzuki team, and that's that. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, let's see. I'm getting something. Oh, Derek wants to call in. We we have to. Here he comes. <laughs> Here he comes. Mr. Derek H., how are you doing, sir? I was working on the website, and I heard you guys mention uh, probably probably the greatest arcade racer uh, until until Ferrari F fifty five challenge came F three fifty five challenge, which is Power Drift. Yeah, we, we need to I'm hear. I'm so why. glad it's you awesome. were here. Yes. <laughs> Power Drift is a cr- insane, crazy game where it's not so much a it's like a racing game, but it's it's a racing game where it's all reflexes. That's it. It's, it's like oh. when when uh, Space Harrier first came out, and it was less. It was a technical marvel, but it was really just a reflex check. And then Afterburner came out, and it's not really a flying game. It's all about reflexes. Uh, Power Drift is not really a racing game as much as a roller coaster with a doom buggy, and you're just trying not to fall off the side. And the graphics are so fast. And so smooth, and unlike anything ever before seen in the arcade, where it is, it's like you're on a ride. Even though I don't think there was ever a sit-down version of it, mm. it's all of them are stand-ups. It right. feels like it feels like you were uh, driving. I guess they didn't do it because if they did an outrun-style cabinet, people would have probably uh, passed out because of what's <laughs> going on on the screen. I believe that. Um... Apparently, there's a Saturn port in Japan. Mm. I might try to pick that up. I remember there was a Commodore 64 port, which <laughs> you know what a Commodore 64 is. <laughs> Derek, it's, it's I'm, I'm guessing the graphics didn't blitz past quite like you're describing. <laughs> no. No. God, God bless their little hearts, though. They tried. They, they, they tried. <laughs> There's no oh there is there's a ZX Spectrum version James. Oh fantastic. That's the version I got to play. Put that down. Um but yeah, yeah, I do see it was on PC Engine, which will probably do okay, but I don't think it'll anywhere near live up to these graphics. Saturday I would love for I would love for them to try it on a current platform because Power Drift on a current platform would be would be mind-boggling. Yeah. I believe. 
I, you know, and Sega, they probably will stray away from um, the home consoles, but, you know, they might not have too much of a problem running a PC port or, um, which could be one place they could do it, but in other places, I mean, what do you think about it on the 3DS? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> you no, said I, a console. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, a real console. Like, okay. if you're going to, like, if you're going to, if you're going to, if, if you want to do it just for 3D, uh, then stick it on the Oculus Rift and just watch people throw up. That would be fun. Put, like, G Lock was, uh, okay, I heard you guys mention G Lock and Galaxy Force. Yes, those are okay, but they're kind. Con- they're still in. You're you're in the air and in space. So you're kind of in a wide open, wide open area, and power drift. You're racing like the, the the track goes in, around, up, and over itself. So you're like, it's like if you were like riding Space Mountain, but it was like the lights are on. You can see everything that's going on. So you, you're going through the track, going around the track, up the track. Ah, oh, so good. I would love to see that in 3D. <laughs> Well, and actually, Simon Belmont's giving some insight for those that do want to play it. Now I know how I'm going to do it. He says, um, the Saturn version of Power Drift is very good, but it only runs at 30 FPS. That's half the frame rate of the Y-Board Powered Arcade from 98, which ran at 60, which is true. Uh, Dreamcast version does run at 60. There is a, I believe, Japanese-only Dreamcast collection called the Yu Suzuki Gameworks Volume 1. Power Drift, uh, from my understanding, Arcade Perfect Port, is on... um, is on the uh, uh, the Dreamcast, so that would be where you would go looking for it. So you guys are stopping at the System 16. You're not getting to the what was System 32 was the last well, big arcade. There's 24 and 32, but there's 18. We were gonna we we're gonna take a quick oh, okay. step into the System 18. Okay. So you want to join us for the System 18? Yes, please. It's, yeah. it's Sega, so yes. Yeah, we got 10 minutes, so we'll we'll, we'll knock out yeah, some I of these. These solid ones. System <laughs> System eighteen was basically just um, a dual sixty eight a sixty eight thousand version of the System sixteen, but it made for a lot of cool early nineties arcade games um, and even late eighties. Uh, the first one of note I would say is uh, Jam's personal favorite, uh, a, a, a Ninja and his Wolf Shadow Dancer. Uh, when I say that's my favorite, <laughs> you don't like. Sh- I thought you really I do, I do, liked Shadow I like Shadow Dancer. It. I do like it a lot. I think I did mention about the dog being a cool feature. Because some of some of us don't believe this is really a sequel to Shinobi, but you. Wait, that's, I was about to say why. I always wondered what happened where they couldn't just stick. What was it, Shinobi three or Shinobi four? Like, mm. why couldn't they just stick the word Shinobi up there? Why was it called Shadow yeah. Dancer? I would love to know the story oh, be- behind that because it wasn't doesn't it make Shinobi's sense. Revenge. No, that's a different one. Well, Shinobi's Revenge, I thought, was the... Revenge of Shinobi. Revenge of Shinobi, <laughs> Revenge sorry. of Shinobi, yes. I guess Revenge of Shinobi's a Gaiden game. Yeah, I that, guess Shadow that... Dancer is Shinobi too. Any way you dice it. Well, it might be like Wonder Boy, where it's, it's the second arcade game, but... Well, that's what, yeah. yeah. But it got all the home ports. Like, it's... Yeah, it's yeah. It's the second game. It's not everything. It's got that fucking dog. Um, <laughs> the dog is awesome. <laughs> Eh, dogs are always cool. Uh, the graphics looked awesome, though. I think the biggest thing I noticed about this one was it was Shinobi with massive sprites. I mean, mm. the dog is next to you the whole time on the screen, adding an extra sprite, and he's like half your height. But Shin- I mean, uh, Joe is literally like 60, 70% of the height of the screen. Like, mm. he's big. He's even big in the Mega or the Master System version. 
they were big on animation there because the animation in that game is very good too. Yeah, I think I don't know. My bit. Sorry. I said I'd agree with that. The animation is great. Try to answer. You know, and and the dog is kind of fun. It's fun to sit. Kind of fun. Okay, it's <laughs> awesome. Go, go, kill. <laughs> the kill command is a lot of fun. Um, right, you know this but, game is awesome. When the first thing you see when you boot this, if you see the arcade version of this game, is um, a fiery back screen and a dog barking. Come on. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's it's pretty metal. Uh, all it needs is some butt rock from the uh, late eighties. Maybe maybe opens with uh, with something by the Scorpions, I guess. Uh, but uh, I think the other big problem I had with this game was it, the story didn't make any sense. Not that it really had to. Does uh, any Shinobi in the first Shinobi you were saving <laughs> you were saving Children. kidnapped kids from Spider Man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> you know, like you do because they. Yeah. I mean. That's which enslaving children is back in vogue in video games. Okay, it was a big topic in the late eighties. Like that was all we did. But the Genesis <laughs> game had a really good story, like an excellent story where your girlfriend dies at the end if you're not that good. Right. But I don't know what happens. That does does the dog no, die? Like what happens? Oh, in Shadow Dancer. Yeah. Um, I don't think much happens at all. I'm trying to remember what. Uh, he not at the end of it. No. No, he lives. He lives. Um, but I think your whole thing is you're just uh, they put bombs around the city and you're defusing them because I think you defuse the bomb after beating each boss. There's a Sega loved the defuse bombs. Crackdown. <laughs> yeah. That same thing. Like somebody at Sega needs to be, needs to be on the Homeland Security watch list. <laughs> <laughs> They watched like Lethal Weapon 2 and they were like, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, the other thing is this is this is short. If Altered Beast is short, this is short. Um, it's four levels. It's like 20 minutes in and out. It's hard. I'll give it that. But I don't know. Um, the home, home console versions are longer. Oh, are they? Yeah. How about that? Um, and it's also the um, what they kind of do in this game is they swap out in the original Shinobi you were rescuing children they just swap it out in the arcade version for bombs basically yeah (laughs) like you do of course (laughs) but like yeah well and in the first but in the first Shinobi you were grabbing children weren't you (laughs) sorry yeah yeah, you were rescuing kidnapped (laughs) children sorry I need to rephrase that actually I'll use that as my my low rent uh transition speaking of grabbing children another great system 18 game that i did play the hell out of in 1990 was michael jackson's moonwalker which you're also grabbing children go figure (laughs) the movie or the the game's so good they made a movie after it uh but uh wait a minute didn't the movie come first i mean yeah the movie came first on that Did the movie come first maybe the movie came first but i know that michael jackson like he was very very involved in making this game he was. He was a video game nut. Remember, yep. Sonic 3, Michael Jackson. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Sega and Michael Jackson worked together uh, quite a bit in the 90s for, for various reasons. Um, but, yeah, this was awesome. Because, have you seen the movie Moonwalker? Yes. The <laughs> movie is so batshit insane. It makes no sense whatsoever. No, no. But the music, when the music starts, when when because there's a like three or four uh, music breaks, it's great. It's like whoa, this yeah. is a cool music video. But for somehow it, if you if it's supposed to uh, tie into an overall story, there's no chance. 
<laughs> that scene when he's outside and he breaks into Smooth Criminal wearing the uh, Corey Feldman's favorite uh, outfit to wear uh, in, in memory of, of the man. Uh, that's just a fantastic scene in the movie. Um, and they do bring it back in the game. I don't know if you remember that, but, uh, you know, it's Michael Jackson's Moonwalker is mostly a brawler, a side scrolling brawler. Um, well, and dancer. And dancer. And dancing, yes, that is a special move, and, and boy does it work. Yep. <laughs> but there are times where you go into this like isometric view out on the streets and various things like that, and um, I just remember, that, yeah, you would break into dance, or all of a sudden a bunch of guys would come out and there would be this choreographed moment, and it would break into like a pretty – I mean, the Yamaha chip did a pretty good job of synthesizing uh, Jackson's uh, music. You know, and again, I remember Smooth Criminal. Uh, according to this Wikipedia article, Beat It's in there. I mean, I guess it obviously would have been. But and I, I think Thriller is Thriller in there also because I remember there's a graveyard scene. There is a graveyard scene, and I do believe Thriller's in there. Uh, I can't. Oh, the in it. <laughs> um, let's see, Bad's okay. Actually, here's the list. Uh, level one's the caverns, of course. Uh, Bad is the background music. Level two is the nightclub where you go out into the streets and do Smooth Criminal. Uh, the streets at night, which is, we should point out, there is, uh, in both the movie and in the game, suddenly it gets batshit because robots come out. Uh, Michael Jackson becomes a robot, so just spoilers on that. Um, but Beat It is for that one. The Graveyard actually has another part of me as the, uh, as the background music. Um, and then, of course, the Evil Fortress, where, um, where you hear bad again. And you become a robot and fight a big robot spider. <laughs> See, I know this sounds weird, like because it sounds kind of funny. Because today we 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 expect great music, but back then this was a big deal to have licensed—not just licensed music, but real songs in a game. Like that was a really big deal back then. Yes, yes, and um, it was it was a huge deal actually. And I should also point out that um, Billie Jean plays during the credits now. Derek, what you may be remembering as I look this over is Thriller was actually in the Genesis port. Yes. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. I played an arcade once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Speed Demon and The Way You Make Me Feel is in the PC port, believe it or not. But oh, uh, yes. at the expense of Beat It, Billie Jean, and uh, Thriller. So PC couldn't handle it. P- <laughs> It's too much. It's too much. You know what? Like, there's a good chance at a time that a PC couldn't handle it because back then true. you had to need like rolling sound cards or emu boards or something to run it. So there's a very good chance that a PC was not up to snuff. Um, and uh, Simon Belmont says Thriller was removed from later versions of the Genesis. It's very rare to find. This must explain why when I was at the Midwest Gaming Classic, there were you could see Moonwalker everywhere for like 20, 30 bucks. And then there was this one woman, I'll never forget it, she bought a cart-only, and she goes, this is the one? And he goes, yeah, this is the one. She bought a cart-only version for like 150 bucks. Whoa. And she like held it close to herself, and I was like, boy, that lady just got ripped like clean, you know? But she had some other expensive stuff in her bag. She had like Earthbound and a couple other things, and I was like, she's got to know her stuff. Mm. That must have been why. Um yeah, you're yeah, the noob. Look at look at you trying to put her down. I trying know. to shame her because she's a woman. I just thought she a was a, actually I thought it was because she was a Michael Jackson fan. But again, back then, who wasn't? Mm. And still to this day I can I can 
easily acknowledge and, and, and love on Michael Jackson's music. But um, this you was You know what? I can't, I can't like him. I, I admit, I, I remember watching the bad video and thinking that thing's the awesome, most awesome video I've ever seen. But now, every time I listen to any of his songs, it's all kind of dated, tainted with the thing that he probably touched kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You can't put it back. I especially can't with put Neverland it aside. I'm but, sorry. But he was such a, a, just a pop powerhouse at this time. Um, I, I really can't. I'm trying to think of what the equivalent nowadays would be. Can you guys think of anything? Like maybe Bieber, but Bieber never yeah, really Bieber. caught on on an entertainment standpoint. But I guess that's Bieber and uh, you know what? I'm actually the guys. One Direction. One Direction, I could see. The other one that I'm thinking of is uh, Timberlake. Timberlake kind of repeated Michael Jackson quite a bit um, in terms of stardom. Other than the fact that Michael Jackson was, yeah, as a kid he was part of an ensemble, but for the most part Michael Jackson had a solo career. Um, But, you know, Timberlake was in movies, and he did an okay job. Um, uh, But, yeah, it was just huge. Although I don't know if the Justin Timberlake video game would have been anywhere near as popular. (laughs) He doesn't have one. He doesn't have a Sega Sega CD. There should in, totally in, be. A... NK, NKOTB? <laughs> I would totally. Oh, there is a. No, there is a crisscross make my own music video. Oh, uh, I, I guess, thought it was on but... uh, Make Your Own Video, NKOTB. No. <laughs> All right. Um, there are a couple more games, but we're going to have to come back when we do part three, unfortunately. And all that was left with System 18 was Alien Storm, which is okay, but. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, all right. Well, we're going to have to. We're going to have to wrap this up pretty quick just so I can make way for um, myself coming back with the B team. I need to take a quick bathroom break. But, Derek, thank you very much for joining us uh, Mm -hmm. and now making me fall in love with a game I didn't even know really existed. So that's always good. Yeah, thank you for doing another Sega show. In fact, every every game in history should be all about Sega. And Sega and Atari. <laughs> we keep getting pushed on it. I'm I'm down. Uh, we're not everyone, but we're definitely going to keep it going. So, um, uh, Jam, anything you want to announce before we cut out? Uh no, no, just stay stay tuned for the B team. Um, yep. And that's about well, that's pretty, pretty much all it is for me this time. But obviously, cool. obviously, um, get started on Tomb Raider. You'll probably need because this you'll probably want to start on that early if you want to be able to play that entire game. So. Yeah, they're they're it's a little bit longer, and you probably want to play it in short intervals. But anyway, yes. all right. Well, we're gonna duck out, but we are at gaminghistory1.com, 101.com, and of course, join us here live on All Games every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, this is Fred saying peace out. Yep.